as a first year teacher, second year teacher, you can't do it all. I've been teaching for 18 years and there's still things that I've never tried that every year I say, okay, this year I'm going to try this. You know, you just can't do everything your first year. So, and most teachers are so, you know, they're so organized. They're so excited. They have all these great things that they want to try. They, they are open, right, to doing new things, but you can't just, you can't try everything new your first year. Welcome to Meeting Prairie Podcast. We're your hosts, Brian Jovany, Director of Innovation. And Candy Michelli, Director of Professional Learning. In today's episode, we are excited to welcome Katie and Piper to discuss a mentoring program that IPSD has partnered with IEA to implement. Before we get started, Katie and Piper, can you take a moment to introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Katie Pop, and I'm the president of the Indian Prairie Education Association. And I'm Piper Cotman. I am a kindergarten teacher at Kendall Elementary School. Well, thank you both for being here today. We are going to kick off our conversation, and I'm actually going to start with you, Katie, if that's okay. The topic for today is really talking about our mentor program that we have at an IPSD. Can you kind of give us an overview of our partnership with Illinois Education Association and as it relates to our mentoring program? The Illinois Education Association, or IEA, is the state affiliation that our teacher association, the Indian Prairie Education Association, is affiliated with. And they are working this year, and actually last year it started, with the Illinois State Board of Education to kind of partner with both IEA and IP and the Illinois Federation of Teachers, IFT, in partnering with them as to what kind of supports could we put in place to help support our new teachers. We know this profession is hard and difficult and challenging. We've always been constantly looking to try and put more supports in place, but then as a result also of the pandemic, IEA kind of worked with ISBE and received a grant from them and kind of started to develop this even further and then gave that opportunity to each association. For some of our listeners that may not know, or it's been a while since they've been a new teacher in our district, we have some required 14 hours of professional learning that we do in-house. And so some of that piece is that we provide mentorship to help support some of those in-house learning for to onboard some of our staff. Um, so I just want to add some of, some of those pieces. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for that great overview. To kind of jumpstart in here now to really dive into how this supports our teachers, why do you believe mentoring is so important to our new staff in Indian Prairie? I think it's extremely important to our staff right now because of, you know, you look at all the different challenges that you have on a good day with teaching, and then you throw in all the complications over the last two years and so forth. It kind of gives them an outlet and a support system that, hey, you're not alone. And it, it gives you somebody else that you can rely on to kind of help you through those times as well. Yeah, to piggyback on that, you know, our job is hard. Teaching is hard to have one person as like your contact. I might not know everything about your lesson plans that you're working on or your students, but I can certainly help you figure out how the copier works or how to scan a document. I mean, there's so many things, right? Parent conversations and teacher review, uh, our whole Danielson framework. So it's just, I think the biggest benefit is having one person that you can kind of always go to. And that person isn't on your team. So sometimes it's more comfortable really to go to somebody else who's not someone you work with on a daily basis and say, you know, I don't know how to do this and I'm having a hard time. And so I really believe mentoring is so important just as a support and just to have that one person that you can always go to for any, any question at all. It's your own personal teacher therapist is what I've kind of looked at it is. This is a profession that no matter how you try to explain it to people, they don't always quite get it. 
and they don't understand the challenges and even the rewards of it sometimes. So it's that one person that you can go, you can share everything with, and, you know, they may not teach kindergarten, they may teach, you know, fifth grade, but they certainly understand what it means to deal with a struggling student, or they certainly understand what it means. I spent 45 minutes planning this and then the copier didn't work and now I have nothing. What am I going to do? So I kind of just have been referring to it as kind of like teacher therapy. I love that. I think that definitely is a great description. And you kind of talked a little bit about this paper, but when you're actually having a mentor session, and I know our mentors have done things a little differently across the district because there's a lot of autonomy depending upon who you're working with and when people are available. But when, like, can you give us an example of what a mentoring session might look like, what topics you might cover? I know, again, some people might do it differently. So you might have a consistent schedule or you might do it as needed, but what is, can you give us an example of what you do in your building with your teachers? So I have four mentees. Last year I had one. With four, it's been a little more challenging only for all of us to be available at the same time. I started at the beginning of the year. We met several times and I literally just gave them a tour of the building, you know, and we just did logistic type things so that they didn't have to worry about asking their team those little questions. So for the first couple of weeks, we met in person as a small group. And then after that, once they got into the grind of things, they honestly didn't have time to meet with me. And I didn't want to put one more thing on their schedule, but I didn't want to have us meet every Monday if there wasn't a need to meet. So what we did after that was I would send them out a Google document and I would just say, okay, this week, let's focus on this topic. And I would maybe give them a couple things to think about. And then if they had any questions, they could add to the Google Doc. And then, of course, I've met one-on-one with people as things came up. We met a lot when it came time to do like the performance evaluation, to go over the Danielson domains and the paperwork. And then also for parent-teacher conferences, we met in person. But honestly, sometimes we just are talking in the hallway for 20 minutes. It's turned out to be not a structured thing. And... I, as a mentor, go to a weekly, they call them building mentor forums through IEA and it's on Zoom and it's once a month. And those have been a great resource for me, but they always give us things to go back and tell our mentees. They have an instructional mentors as well that are more specific to their grade level. So they're not even coming to me and saying, oh, this lesson plan didn't work. I'm kind of more of like just the big picture things. I noticed that talking about Parent communication is huge. They don't teach that in school when you get your teaching certificate, you know, how to communicate with parents in the community. And, and they, we kind of just throw teachers into that piece. So that's one thing that we've been really talking a lot about, like how to, how to bring up this with a parent, you know, how to approach this situation with a parent. And you mentioned something too about their, you said instructional coach, IEA offers virtual coaches to our first and second year new to profession teachers. Katie, you're one of those. Can you kind of highlight a little bit about what the virtual coach might do outside of the building mentor? That's a little different than Piper had mentioned. Sure. So one of the things IEA did with the virtual coaches is they really made a conscious effort so that you get a virtual coach that isn't necessarily in your district, kind of gives you some different perspectives and also kind of gives you a little bit of insight of what's happening in other districts and, you know, downstate. So I have four mentees that I work with. Two of them are in the Quad Cities and one, the closest is actually in Plainfield and then one is a little bit further south. It's a little bit like what Piper was saying with some of the stuff with regards to like parent teacher conferences and stuff. A lot of them were like, what does that look like? What's this conversation? What do I do? So we did spend a session or two kind of going through like, 
okay, let's do a mock conference. Let's do one for a kid that's really easy in your class that's doing well. What would you say? Let's do one for that's kind of the middle of the road. And then let's do for one that's really challenging and what that looks like. So it's kind of walking them through those kinds of things. But then I spend a lot of time with them with regards to curriculum and just developing lessons and what that looks like. I think one of the things that we're fortunate here with in 204 is that we may get frustrated sometimes, but we have a really good curriculum in place and we have a plan at least and something to follow. I know from when I taught in Niqua Valley, I worked on teams. I worked on the world geography team. I worked on the government team and we each took a unit. We each took turns planning it and adding new things to it and updating it. And you really kind of take those things for granted when you start to see what occurs in other districts. I mean, one of my mentees was literally given a bucket of worksheets and just said, here you go. And she's like, I don't even know what to do with it or where to start. So she ended up using one of my lessons that I made back in government with civic engagement. And I showed her how to do all this. And then she was super excited because the principal came and observed her. And he's like, you really loved it. It's all student voice. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) that's what it's supposed to be. So like next semester, she was kind of getting nervous because she's getting ready to do geography. And she has, again, no curriculum, just the textbook. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, what's your plan? What do you want to do? And she's like, I'm going to cover the whole book. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's ambitious. I'm like, but we may want to break that down. I'm like, do they need to know the whole book? Do they just need to know parts of the regions, things of the regions? How are you going to connect them? So we started having those conversations. I think I might have overwhelmed her a little bit, but then I was like, wait, we'll start from the beginning and kind of break this down so that you can do it. So the nice, the so the virtual coach part really works on instruction and works on curriculum and what does that look like and how do you implement it? But then it also can go back to like the parent conferences or just I'm overwhelmed. What do I do? I don't know how to get all this grading done and stuff like that. So things that after, you know, 19 years of teaching, I kind of like, okay, I don't need all of this. I just need this. It's teaching them what's the priority? What What is it you want them to walk out of the class knowing? I think you guys have uh, had an opportunity to really be connected across the state with interacting with mentees from our district, but across uh, a number of different ways as well. So through those interactions that you guys have had, what are some things that our early educators have needed, asked about you, highlighted parent-teacher conferences? Is there anything else that you guys have kind of noticed that they've been really talking about? And we know this year is a little bit unique coming off the pandemic, but what are they asking? What are they talking about outside of that parent communication and the parent-teacher conferences? I think with my mentees, the thing I've noticed the most, and I think this is something even veterans teachers struggle with, is just when to turn it off. Like, you know, it's okay that you handed out those papers on Monday and on Wednesday, they're still not done. That's, you know, life happens. I think the biggest thing that I've noticed with them is just that you're not a bad person. You're not a bad teacher. You just, everybody needs to figure out how to, you know, balance and figure out, you know, I need to do this now, don't need to do this now. So I would say that's probably the biggest is just how to turn off this job, which is hard to do and easier said than done. I think the other thing is similar to what Piper said, skills with working and dealing with parents, how to communicate to parents and what information do you want them? Because ultimately you want to develop a relationship with parents. So they partner with you and they see how you're trying to have their student be successful. So I think having those conversations with parents is probably the next biggest thing I think I'm seeing. As a first year teacher, second year teacher, you can't do it all. I've been teaching for 18 years and there's still things that I've never tried that every year I say, okay, this year I'm going to try this. 
you know, you just can't do everything your first year. So, and most teachers are so, you know, they're so organized. They're so excited. They have all these great things that they want to try. They, they are open, right. To doing new things, but you can't just, you can't try everything new your first year, you know? So just maybe pick one or two things that you want to really focus on your first year. I mean, for me as an elementary teacher, I mean, I can't really say I really want to focus on reading and writing, but it might come down to, I'm going to try new things in reading and writing this year. And then maybe next year I'll try something new for math. So I think kind of just like keeping your focus on maybe one or two things each year, because you just, you'll go crazy. You know, I mean, we could work 24 seven and still never be content. (laughs) Also, I would say the SEL, I think that the new teachers don't really know how the kids might be behind or might be, you know, socially and emotionally behind because of the last two years. So that comes up a lot in our monthly forums with all the mentees, what to do, the kids are so behind. And I think the mentors have just been putting it in perspective. Like the kids are okay. You know, they're going to be okay. We'll get them caught up. Just keep doing what you're doing. And also they're all the kids want to do right now is talk. They just want to socialize. So classroom management, I think, is so important this year. I mean, the kids just want to be with each other and they just want to socialize. So we've been talking a lot about how important it is to have that classroom management. I think the flip side then is it's nice to work with first year teachers that are so excited. Like, you know, they're so excited. They got into this profession. They're so energized. And you're talking about a group of people that didn't have a normal student teaching experience, didn't maybe finish student teaching, there's that energy that comes with a first year teacher that's contagious that I think even veteran teachers need to experience and be around it again so that, you know, you, it, it catches on. It reminds you of the good of teaching. I'm going to skip over a question maybe because you're like right on the topic of as a mentor, what, have, what are you learning as a mentor about yourself? And what do you think is the most important thing about being a mentor and how you serve and help support others? I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just Uh, how grateful I am to be in this district. The amount of support that we give each other, the amount of help that we give each other. I've got, you know, mentees who don't know anyone in their department and only see them when there's a department meeting. So I think just the camaraderie that comes with being in 204 and it's not perfect. And then, you know, it's not always, we don't always get it right. And we don't always have the things that we think that we need, but until you start to see what other districts are lacking in, I don't think you kind of have an idea of how much we actually really do have. So it is definitely sometimes one of those, the grass isn't always greener on the other side kind of a deal. I actually wrote down the same exact thing to that question. Of my four mentees, two of them kind of had a job last year and they are just so excited to be in this district. It was like the prize almost. So we have a high standard already for the teachers before they come in. And then once they get in, just how well the teams work together. The one thing I learned is that I'm very proud of my building and I'm very proud of the teachers and how they already collaborate. It's not even something you have to ask somebody to do with a new teacher. They just automatically, I mean, everybody plans together and everybody works together and Maybe that's an elementary thing, but 
you know, it is hard because we have to teach all the subjects. So it's not like you're just focused on one thing and you can kind of do that by yourself. And I just learned that I really enjoy working with other people. I, I worked in the business world before I became a teacher. So, and I was a manager and I trained people. So this kind of takes me back to those days where, you know, it always makes you feel good when you're helping other people. And that's pretty much the biggest thing that I took away from it is that I'm proud of our district and my building and that I'm proud of, you know, just being able to help other people. So just listening to you guys can tell how excited you are, your enthusiasm for and supporting our new staff and our teachers. And I think you hit on it a lot, collaboration, whether it's the new teachers, our teams, the district. So as we evolve and we continue to support and our new staff comes in next year, what's next in this endeavor? You know, I think we just need to be which we do in this district already naturally, I think, but just keeping up with what's important, what what we want our kids to know, going back to that idea of, you know, a portrait of a graduate, are they walking out with the skills that we want them to be so that they will be, you know, productive in society and, you know, good humans. I mean, that's ultimately what we're hoping happens is we want them to go out there and be good humans with whatever they choose to do. And I think as the new teachers come in, it's keeping that spark alive in the teacher. It shouldn't just be your first year that that is the only year that you kind of have it. You want to kind of, you know, keep that there, you know, 19, 25 years into it. You want to, you know, that that's the whole point of education is, you know, it's, it's never dull. It's constantly changing, but you, you get this great opportunity to work with kids. And I would just say, I hope we can keep doing this. I hope this is something that is a focus you know, not just next year, but, you know, down the road too, because I think it'll really pay off. Like hearing both of you guys talk about that too, is this is something that we know that we've gotten really great feedback from other mentors and, and new teachers too, that prior to having the mentor program, it's not that thing, there weren't really good things happening, but this is just like an added a bonus, a plus to pieces to supporting individuals. And I'm grateful for you guys. And like you said, Piper, I'm really proud of our district because during all of this, we have teachers who are taking on supporting other teachers. Like you have four teachers that you are helping in your building. And we have lots of people that have a number of mentees and that they're supporting. And that's just and during all the madness of a pandemic for people to take on more is something extraordinary, but it also shows the dedication of all our teachers. So yeah. I think both of you guys for all your work and your support for the program as well. Thanks. You're so welcome. We would like to thank both Piper and Katie for their time today. We appreciate the hard work of all our mentors and their ongoing support to all our new teachers in IPSD 204. We would like to thank members of our CNI team for their leadership on this topic and extend a special thank you to members of our communications department, Lisa Berry and Clayton Urbanic for making the podcast happen. If you have any further questions, please email your questions to curriculum at IPSD.org. We thank you for your time today and hope you enjoyed being part the conversation.